0: I picked up the phone and said hello. At first there was just a crackling static noise. Then a voice, which sounded like part of the static said, I'm not leaving. Then the line went dead. Chills went all over me, but I was determined to find out if this had a rational explanation. I went back to the other office and waited outside for Darren to arrive with the keys. A few minutes later, we were unlocking the door and inside only to find out that the phone wasn't even plugged into the wall. This is the Haunted UK Podcast, and I'm the show's host, Steve. And that was an extract from Working with the Unknown, a terrifying tale about a listener's experience in her nighttime workplace. One of the many true cases we regale and present to you on the show. So if you enjoy a creepy tale or two, stories of real-life ghost encounters, doppelgangers, time slips, lesser-known UK hauntings, then join us every Friday for an episode where we frequently cross the threshold of the unknown.
1: Reflection. I have a photo of a young woman in the 80s in a pink gown with shoddy paintwork all around, cradling her new baby to her breast. Nuzzles the cub now hers. It is the beginning. That baby grew up and had babies of her own, but before then she cradled this woman, her mother, to her chest, willing to let her go in a hospital bed at home in the end she was there at my beginning and i was there at her end well hello witches and beautiful souls happy new year Woo! did you have a good christmas and new year at last 2024 is here i am so happy to have it (laughs) put the tree away today and i was like yes thank god it's over because my house is such a mess and don't you think the christmas tree box kind of looks like a coffin when you wrap it all up it looks a bit morbid and i kind of like it it's like the death of christmas anyway how are you doing did you enjoy the meditation episode that i gifted on christmas day christmas eve christmas day it has done phenomenal and i am so thankful i've had i had 200 downloads in a week which is just unheard of for me and a few people got in contact with me and said this meditation is fabulous please do more which i find hard to understand with my yorkshire accent but i guess it's all right and people enjoyed it and yeah i will definitely do more if you want more i shall do them i plan to do do one for each element so the tree one, which I've just released, will be Earth. And I'll do an air, water, fire throughout the year. So I'll drop them probably like every couple of months. It's every quarter. And I hope you like them. And yeah, I'm amazed. Something's happened recently. I've got loads of feedback. I've had a jump in, listen, to downloads. My atherograms, whatever they are, are doing well. Our I can't say. It. Algorithms. God, I'm so dyslexic. But yeah, and I've had loads of reviews on Spotify, not so many on Apple. So if you're listening on Apple, please chuck some stars there for me in a little bit of review. would be awesome. And yeah, I just feel really positive about what's to come. I've been doing a little bit of internal work. The Moldavite is still kicking my ass in terms of improving my life. Doing my couch to 5k, managed to run 5k a couple of times takes me about 40 minutes join park run get up early for that on a saturday morning what is all that about it is just an awakening it's so positive for me and i feel fantastic that i'm becoming who i'm meant to be at the grand old age of 38 which is a bit late but i'm here now in other news i have made a patreon now you can subscribe to my patreon to help support with the podcast but you get bonus i'm gonna do so much good bonuses i've just added my first ever bonus episode podcast episode onto the patreon and it's going to be there for about six months before i put it on spotify eventually but it is a fantastic episode it was about spooky going on with jodie witchy host you remember her from mother serpentine tarot she organized a fantastic ghost hunt local ghost hunt and the results at the end were absolutely out of this world and i cannot tell you how big a deal it was to me to witness what i witnessed and being part of it so you can go and listen to that on the patreon for a little as three quid a month which is like a cup of tea for this witch Cancel any time, absolutely no problem. If you're interested in what I've got to say about the ghost hunt and a little bit of other swales, bits and bobs, there's going to be poetry, there's going to be blog posts. I'll probably do some polls and some giveaways. And I absolutely am going to do a Patreon-only meditation. I feel like I'm pulled to do something about the witch wound. So I could do a meditation that's going to be a long one, 30 minutes, and it'd be about journeying into the underworld to help heal your witch wound. It's going to take a lot of effort, it's going to take a lot of work and I really need to think about it and I would like it to last 30 minutes or so but we'll see. These things are quite hard to work out but I'm pretty sure it's going to happen so stay tuned for that. In this episode I have decided I am going to talk about my mum and I bet you're all going like, oh that's sweet? But she was not just your average mum, she was an amazing tarot reader and psychic medium. She was really good. And I know I'm a bit biased because I'm a daughter, but I didn't really get it when I was young. People used to travel from all over the place to come and see her and get a reading from her. And so I'll be delving into a little bit of what it's like growing up with a psychic tarot reading medium for a mum at the age of sort of 13 to 18 Things that go bump in the night and how you get used to it as a teenager. going to warn you now, it is a bit heavy because all these things are true and there's some quite shocking moments that have been in my life and I considered cutting them out, but then it was a bit like, well, it's part of the story, so it, it wouldn't work. So I hope it's all right for you. Also, I'd like to inform you of amazing podcasts that I've been connecting with. My podcast pals... A new intro that I'm trying out now. I think every episode I'll give you a podcast pal or two to follow. They are lovely and always giving me shout-outs. Of course, it's Hannah and Gary from the Eye Opener Society. They're always giving me a shout-out. Bless them and they're so good. The recent episode they did positive thinking. It was brilliant and it is a lot to do with manifesting and I'm living it currently, being positive and feeling awesome. And they give a really honest, true experience and tips how to be positive. So I, I recommend you go and listen to the Eye Opener Society latest episode on positive thinking. Also, I want to give a shout out to Liz or Melissa from Ouch, was that a ghost? <laughs> I love her, she's awesome. She's recently gone solo. It used to be Liz and Lee and Lee has had to bow out because kids and life and all that jazz so she's going it alone and she's a little bit nervous bless her as I was I have been in this position where you have a co-host you do a bunch of shows and then the co-host is just too busy or isn't as into it or can't fit it in the busy life and you still want to go ahead so you jump in and you've no idea what you're doing and it is quite hard to just talk to yourself (laughs) it really is (laughs) So if you could head over to Ouch Was That A Ghost and give her a little bit of a like and a little bit of a listen and a a few stars, that'd be awesome. She's really nice, last bless her. And she just did one on the witch trials in Salem, which was just so full of interesting facts, knowledge, talks about the witch cake, which I didn't even know there was a witch cake. Apparently if a dog ate it and it was sick, then you were a witch or something. I, I didn't know about that. So, yeah, please go over there and give us some love. Get that confidence growing because it's brilliant and she's passionate. And that's what you need. You need passionate podcasters who care and love their subjects. The year is 2024. If you add it all together, it's year number eight. Number eight. Do we know all about number eight? Shall I tell you a bunch of stuff? It's all numerology which is the practice of assigning meanings to numbers carries its own unique energy and symbolism. You know, my favourite number is 11 because I see 1111, as I talked about in another podcast earlier on. Also, I'm quite fond of number 13. I just I think I like the stigma of number 13 more than the number itself. Cool hip witch to enjoy numbers that frighten people. So, yeah, I'm going to say number 13 is also one of my favourites. So number eight has got a bit of a bad rep because it's connected to the planet of Saturn, which is a no-mess planet, as Annabeth said a few episodes ago in the Characteristics of Planets episode. Saturn is linked with misery and woe and making a stand, but that's just the Western side. In the Chinese culture, eight is considered really lucky. If you turn it on its side, it looks a bit like infinity. Which is always good, isn't it? Because infinity is the universe and we all love the universe because the universe listens to us and gives us what we want if we ask for it. I mean, number eight kind of tests us and it brings us growth, but it's probably slow growth. you got to work for it. Deeper connections and self-awareness. Constant growth because it goes round and around. Transgression. I read somewhere it was about leadership and knowing yourself. It could be a karmatic year looking inwards it's not going to be an easy year but it's going to be a year of great change I think it's almost like 23 was just so traumatic for quite a lot of people lots of stuff went on and it's almost like 23 has moved space for 24 it's like cleared the road for year 24 to come along and help people recover and improve and evolve from the shit tower moments of 23 so I do think it's going to be a busy year a year of expansion and a year of karma and maybe just giving up with people and stuff that isn't serving you anymore being like do you know what I tried it ain't working walking away from stuff I do feel 24 has got a lot of that it's got a lot of like holding your hands up and going I tried I'm going to do something else this is obviously not for me and having having that passion and the balls to do that you know having the drive having the bravery of holding your hands up saying failed but not really i absolutely believe that Ooh, shall we have a look at the tarot eights in the tarot the eights of cups is new purpose changing attitudes moving on eights of wands is travel excitement opportunities Life speeding up. Eight of Pentacles is getting things done, new skills, learning, responsibility, growth. Eight of Swords is uh, trapped up as a lack of. A... Yeah, bollocks to swords. We're not looking at Eight of Swords because the swords is just the bullshit. It's the bullshit suit, and I never really like swords, so I'm just going to ignore the swords. But yeah, the other three are pretty awesome. I also, I saw this thing on TikTok, and it was about parallel lines that were living on as the 3D and the 5D. And they've been running next to each other for a few years. And this is the year the lines are going to part and go separate ways. So humanity is going to either stay on 3D, carrying on, or the ones on 5D, which are like having an awakening. You know, the whole figuring out we're in the Matrix and we're seeing glitches and we're we're witnessing the Mandela effects and not accepting them and stuff like that, I think... The 2D and the 5D timeline thing is really interesting and absolutely worth you looking into. Just a little bit of uh, food for thought there. I was thinking another Patreon thing could be my TikTok discoveries of crazy shit that makes me go like, what the fuck? (laughs) I could do like a what the TikTok? (laughs) Patreon episodes of a, a podcast that is me just me discussing like the crazy shit i see on tiktok and it's always really weird stuff that like, you know conspiracy theories and the theories of life and the egg theory and oh my god i just i, I reckon there's definitely a podcast mini series in there for you hello lovely listeners i just wanted to uh, stop the podcast for a moment and tell you about this wonderful new online community i've discovered just recently Pagans of the North online magazine is a network for pagans, witches, heathens and others on similar paths in and around the north of England, providing a free online magazine, a blog, a directory and other resources on the website as well as online courses, offering free advertising for businesses and sellers, highlighting the north of England but read by people nationally and internationally. It's a great place to find magic in different businesses or connect with like-minded souls. Speaking about being a pagan and a witch in the 21st century, as well as all the centuries ago, Every issue is unique and absolutely beautiful. You can subscribe at pagansofthenorth.co.uk for early access to the magazine, news and events coming up, as well as other little sneak peeks and Easter eggs. This is a free magazine, so it's entirely run by volunteers who would love to connect with you got a business you want to advertise then give us an email you can email us at pagansofthenorth@gmail.com, at gmail.com and we're always looking for people to write stuff in from poetry to a subject you're passionate about to a blog post and all kinds of magical subjects come aboard join our little community make friends and unearth some more magic in your beautiful pagan life anyway now for the main bit of the podcast which I'm going to tell you about growing up with a psychic mum. My mum was called Alison and she was a big lass. I mean, she was like maybe 25 stone and about 5 foot 11. And she was known as the happy fat woman, I think, which is kind of sad. But she was also known as a fantastic tarot reader and medium psychic I have so many memories of being out, or I'd be at a shop about to buy a secret present and she'd ring me up and go, I don't want that, whatever you're buying, I don't want it, And I've been told by spirit it's the wrong thing, try this. That actually, absolutely legit happened, I was queuing up in Argos, I think it were a statue figurine of a geisha girl that she used to collect and she rang me up as I were about to pay and went, no, no, it's not that one, it's this one. I mean, this is impressive because it was the days before you could track yourself and others on iPhones and other phones. Yeah, I had a mobile phone, but it was one of those terrible ones that were black and white and you could only read one message line at a time. Can you remember those days? They were marvellous days. (laughs) We had lots of privacy back then. But yeah, back to the story. A lot of it would have been intuition connected with her daughter, of course it would, but some of it just wasn't. Some of it was just uncanny and bonkers at the same time. Alison was an only child to Doreen and Raymond. She was born in 1965. From what I gather, she was quite a rebel and she was jumping out of windows at midnight, scrambling off to parties and all kinds of weird stuff. Because her mum and dad was quite older, they were in the mid-40s when they had her. And they were, of course, they'd lived through the war, so they were of a completely different generation. My mum was into ACDC and Whitesnake and wore denim, and she got into tarot reading in her teenage years and loved it. She was just so good at it. So everywhere she went, she'd have a pack of tarot with her. And she'd do Oracle as well, although I don't have many memories of her using Oracle that much. She absolutely was a hardcore tarot reader, And I think she naturally met people who were also really spiritual and passionate about divining and spiritualism. And I think around her at the time, around the location where we lived, where I grew up, there must have been quite a big spiritual society around her, because I don't really know how else she would meet people like that, because there were no internet back then. I have memories of coming home and there just being a house full of people around a table, and she'd be there, it spreads out. And the way my mum did it, she used to connect to spirit via tarot, and they would kind of help her communicate the message. So for a long, long time, I thought you could only read tarot that way. You you know, it was like a mediumship tool, and it helped you to connect to spirit. I didn't realise you could use tarot just as an everyday tool and just use your intuition, intuition intuition-led, whereas I don't think my mum did that, I think spirit told her well perhaps not told her maybe advised her or she'd get certain feelings I mean we all know that tarot is it can mean different stuff at different times and yeah I think spirit guided her heavily on tarot readings that she did she was really good at psychometry she could hold a ribbon or a ring or a photograph or a chain or a hat and get messages for people and they'd be astonished at what she told them she had a bookcase full of decks tarot books many books bones crystals runes i didn't get any of it i didn't really care about it i didn't respect it i didn't want to know it till i was a bit older when i were young i used to be a bit a bit frightened of it because i used to live in a top floor flat and i used to hear a lot of stuff when i was a kid Voices and bangs and the usual stuff that's probably know, probably other people and the wind and a young person filling gaps with the imagination and too many horror films and stuff like that. But I don't think all of it was that. Definitely some of it was my mum's spirit stuff. I just remember being in bed once and um, she were doing a woo stuff and she had a house full and there were an attic door in the hallway you know that you could go up into the loft or whatever it was in the, in the you know them old-fashioned flats that you get of free floors and it's like council flats we used to live at the top of one of them so we had a hole to the roof to go up into the loft and i just remember that used to move all the time do you know like it used to shake and it used to like spring about and make loads of noises and i used to be shit scared it wasn't windy do you know what i mean it was just moving and it always moved I remember once I was dusting my TV when I was a kid doing my chores and I thought she'd come up the stairs. I heard her come up the stairs. I felt her tug the back of my jumper twice, like one-two really, you know, like getting my attention. And I turned around and she wasn't there. And I was just shocked that she wasn't there. But I did, I felt this one-two pull on this jumper. There was this other time when I was leaned up, on the back of the sofa as somebody was talking to my mum about something spooky. And I remember I turned around to look at the door and as I did, this plate flew across the room and like hit the back of the sofa where my head was. But it didn't get me, but it was just inches away from my my face. And I was so frightened, but my mum used to just take it all so well. She didn't ever react. It was just like, oh, that's just spirit. Just ignore him and messing about. It's just amazing. I mean, she did have a fascination with ghost hunting, just like I have now. She used to take me ghost hunting with her and all the mates in the car. And we used to go up to Saddleworth Moor at midnight and sit in the dark with the lights off and wait for stuff to happen. And I just think... I was really young when she was doing this. I can't remember how old I was. I must have been an early teenager. That in itself just makes me go like, what were you doing? (laughs) No wonder I had issues. Alison, that's a bit questionable, taking your young daughter up to Saddleworth Moor to look for the ghosts of the missing Saddleworth children. It's quite a bit dark, that, isn't it? I can't recall anything going on I don't know if we saw anything. It Maybe I blocked it out, but she used to sit there, sort of going, Ooh, can you see that? Ooh, can you feel this? And did you hear that? And I was so scared. <laughs> oh my God. I remember once uh, somebody put the radio on and played Ghostbusters. It must have been on a, seat, a cassette. It would have been on a cassette, was not it? And you know, at the beginning, it starts and it's quite spooky music, like doo doo doo. And I just remember losing it when it started because I was just so frightened to be like, ah! <laughs> jumping all of it, can't they? Going like, oh, that was too far. <laughs> yes, perhaps we should take her home and put her to bed. Oh, let me have a think. What else? Things going on and off, TVs, music going up and down, you know, like the volume. It was weird. And I kind of wish I'd engaged in it more. I mean, I was very scared, probably until the age of about 15, I reckon, when I started to understand it a bit more. I remember once coming home from school, being on my own, must have been about 15, and I were cooking some beans on the hob. And above the cooker, there was this huge poster of a geisha girl. You know, these geisha girls, she were obsessed. Such a 90s chick. The TV was on, and I think it was just some junk that I wasn't really interested in and I heard my name somebody went Emma like they wanted to know what we're doing and I kind of stopped stirring and went huh and I went nah and just carried on stirring because it was obviously the TV and then again I heard Emma like come here quick you know like beckoning me over So I thought, oh, it's a bit weird. So I stopped stirring my beans and I went round the table to the door to glance at the TV. And I swear down, as soon as I got to the doorway and I glanced at the TV, this huge A1 piece of art in a frame crashed, you know, smashing into my beans on the stove And if I'd have been stood there, it absolutely would have smashed on my head and it would have been a trip to the A&E. It went with such force. And I honestly believe that was spirit protecting me. And I think that might have been a catalyst moment when I started to realise, oh, actually, I'm being protected here from the other side. And that was just a beautiful thought. She had loads and loads of decks. She was definitely a deck collector, but she had only a select few that she used to use all the time. The tarot she used was the Rider-Waite-Smith Cosmic Tarot. And I think that was one that had stars in it, you know, like film stars. And then she had Mythical. Mythical was an absolute favourite and she used that all the time. And it was black and it were all Greek mythology. And it would just sew her deck. Used to wrap them up in cloths And I don't think I were allowed to touch them, actually. Not for a long time. My mum used to take me to spiritualist churches. There was one in Batley that she loved. It's not there anymore. It's where the bus station is now, Batley bus station. don't know if anybody remembers it. There used to be this tiny little house, like on its own, stood next to the main road. And it used to be on a Tuesday evening. It was a community. People went and there'd be somebody stood at the stage at the front and they'd go around and say, I've got a message for you, I've got a message for you. Sometimes we'd be asked to put us jewellery at the front and people would pick it up and do psychometry. People used to want my mum to do it on the stage but she was just too nervous. She wasn't a very good public speaker and she never did. But I remember once we were doing this, I don't really know what it was, this strange body opening thing where... A medium would stand and they'd do this kind of chanting, I think. And I remember my mum stood against the wall and then there was a red bulb and you could see like a face changing and stuff. And we'd all stare and my mum's face would coming like a man's with like a beard and stuff. And I, I feel like I was really young at this point. I can't believe she took me. I'm not sure about this memory. It seems quite hard to dig out my head kind of feels a bit like Ghost, you know, the romantic ghost story where Patrick Swayze is the ghost. The ghost goes into Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) Is it like possession? Are we talking about possessing mediums at the spiritualist church, really? I don't know. This might be a bit of a fabrication of my memory, perhaps. But yeah, it was a strange memory. I can remember the bulb and I can remember staring at her and being proper freaked out and then she looking at me going do you want to go and I was just like no god it was bananas that the stuff I used to do at this spiritualist church and I just remember they had dousing rods out and all the different divination tools rods and pendulums and rings on chains and And I used to just play with them as a kid, just sit there playing with all these tools. And the lasses who ran the church, the the men and women who went, they they didn't mind me being there. It was like I was part of a family, which is actually quite lovely when you think about it. And then this memory is quite a deep memory, so I'm going to put a trigger warning for the next few minutes there's going to be mentions of child abuse so if you need to fast forward through it you know you absolutely can don't feel like you've got to stay and listen to it if it's going to trigger your dear listener there's nothing detailed <clears throat> it is literally just mentioning unfortunately when i was young i got abused as a kid by some guy around the corner who used to be my granddad's best friend my granddad died before i was born so he kind of took his place he went on for a long time let's not dwell but anyway i was going to tell my mum and i must have been 11 perhaps i think the year my nan died was 1996 so yeah i would have been 11. and i was about to get the balls to tell her and then my nan died so I, i was like i can't tell her now can i because you know she's going through the mill so i decided not to you know and just keep it in a bit longer and then she took me to the spiritualist church And I was sat next to her and the lady who was called Faye said, I'd like to give you a message. And she pointed at me and I was a bit like, me? Because I'm so young, I didn't think I'd get one. I never had one before, I don't think, by this point. She said, yeah, it's definitely for you. She says, I've got got an old lady here who's just recently passed, like so, so recently. And she's got a really important message to tell you. You've got a deep secret that you need to tell somebody. You've got to say, say what you need to say, what you was going to say, and then you changed your mind. It was definitely something like that. I mean, it was such a long time ago, it's hard to remember exactly. And I knew straight away what she was talking about. And she said, she can't believe how important it is that you've got to tell people this message that you know inside. She was saying, people will believe you but it'll change everything, and it's so important that the sooner the better, I mean, and by this point, I think I was crying, and my mum must have figured it out, because she was looking at me all concerned, and then I think that was all I got in the message, so that was it, she moved on, and then the day after, it all came out, and the police were called, and there were like all kinds of shitty law stuff, but It's because spirit came to me at my mum's spiritualist church that my abuse finally got talked about. How huge is that? Do you not think that's just really massive? Because my nan died and told me to be brave and tell my mum. It's like she had to die to do that almost. It's just, it wrecks my head if I think about it too much, honestly. I apologise if that was a bit deep I didn't expect it to get that deep but when I was writing down and thinking and meditating on it and digging all these memories out my head they were actually down deep and I thought well I'm going to be honest and I'm going to share it on my podcast because if anything it'll probably help me to heal that little bit more. Okay, now for some positive stuff. Let's get a bit more positive, shall we, with swales? Yes, we shall. My mum predicted that I was going to meet my husband on the night I did. And I actually sold this story to a magazine when I was young, to Full House. <laughs> it is a, a two-page spread in Full House. I'll do a post about this episode on Instagram and I'll share pictures of... The items that I've mentioned, including this magazine two-page spread, it's quite funny and a little bit cringy. (laughs) So the story begins on bonfire night, 2004, and she was so ill, she was really, really ill. You know, we didn't know it then, but she was dying. And she had this silly idea to hold her annual bonfire party that she did every year in the garden. We used to have a tiny bonfire in this tiny garden, really, really dodgy and a little bit risky. I had plans to go out that night to the Phono's in Leeds. It was a goth nightclub that was really famous with a friend. And it had been planned for ages, but, you know, she was telling me, you go, you go. And I was like, I can't go. How can I go when you're this ill and you need my help? And it's no good, I'm not going to go. And she changed, her whole persona changed. And She looked at me dead in the eye and she said, if you don't go tonight, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. You need to go out tonight. And I was a bit like, whoa, what the fuck? I took it seriously and I went out reluctantly, forgetting all about what she'd said when I were there because I was just pissed off. You know, I wasn't having a good time and I was with a friend at the time and she got really drunk and disorderly and was trying to get off with all these dudes and, I were, you know, trying to keep her safe and just looking generally goth and pissed off. And there was this man there who were... eyeing me up for ages and then came over and said, do you want a drink? And I were like, yeah, do you know what? I'll have a drink, why not? I'll rinse you. So I rinsed him. That means basically just using him for drinks. I don't know if my overseas audience will know what that means to rinse somebody. <laughs> and then when the time came to go home and my friend had... Spent all the money and was really drunk and disorderly. And I was panicking because I was only young and I obviously didn't have any cash saved. And this guy came up to me and just gave me 20 quid and said, There you go, get home safe. And I was just like, Oh my God, I've been such a bitch to you all night. I'm really sorry. Let me pay you back. Let me pay you back. Give me your number and I will absolutely pay you back. I had no interest in him, you know, I just wanted to pay him back. And then I found we spoke for a month via text message and it turned out he were a really nice guy. I'm married to him now 20 years later so my mum was correct. She absolutely did know that I was going to meet my husband that night. It's just amazing. Unfortunately she died six months after I met my husband So it's like she knew it was going to happen and it had to happen because she was leaving. I always think my mum knew she was going to die early because she had this amazing life insurance. It just kept paying out. It, It did really well. It's like, who has life insurance like that? You're not even 40. She died two weeks before her 40th birthday. I think she knew it was coming. She used to often say that I'd have two babies, although I don't think she said if they were girls or boys, but she knew I'd have two. Can people see the future past their own death? I mean, that's quite a deep thought in itself, which I only really thought about a few years back. Maybe while you're on this planet, you can only see the plane of timeline that you're on, you know, and everything else gets a bit fuzzy after you leave your mortal coil. When she died... It was really... Well, it wasn't sudden, but we knew it were coming. And when she got her diagnosis, it was like stage four stomach and esophagus cancer. And it got all around her body and the lymph nodes. And everybody knows when it gets there, there's no hope. It's... You're done for it, right, it's curtains. She lost the plot a bit and she was trying to gain control, but she were happy I'd found my husband and I got engaged to him in the April and she died on the 2nd of June. And I just remember when... I were getting all the bills and stuff. You sort out people's finances, don't you? You get made the executor of the will. I mean, I were only 19, I had no idea what I was doing, but I just remember going through all the bills and the phone records, and she'd spent lo- loads and loads of money, you know, on these terrible premium number phone calls, apparently ringing psychics who I guess you were hoping would say she ain't going to die. It's so weird. It's kind of like it's funny, but it's not funny, but it is funny. I just got this phone bill and it were like 500 quid. It was just astonishing. And I could just imagine her going, well, she can fucking deal with it because I'm going. <laughs> just there all over, that is. And like when people die and you're the only child and the only bit of family left, all the shit you inherit is just... Mind blowing. She bought the house, so I inherited it and everything in it and its contents, the little bit of savings that she had. Nobody really talks about what you do with all this stuff because there's some of this stuff was really personal. What do you do with that? What do you do with personal belonging? That could be a podcast in itself. On the day of a funeral, which I knew exactly what she wanted because she told me, I were an absolute mess and I didn't know I was going to cope. Thank God I'd met my husband. I got a package delivered, a little box. And when I opened the box, it was a necklace that she had ordered while she was alive a long time ago. And it were a little heart that was like silver and gold. And it had a poem at the back. It was like a gift from her after she'd died of all the days. It could have come, it came on the day of a funeral, which just astonishes me in itself. You know them adverts at the back of the Radio Times that you pay via phone and it comes to you and it was one of them things. The poem at the back of the heart reads, If tears could build a stairway and memories a lane, I'd walk right up to heaven and bring you home again. How uncanny that I got this locket delivered to me from her in spirit on the actual day of her own funeral. I might just have to take a moment. I've got it in my hands right now, looking at it. She was just like that. She was such a mic dropper of life. She just, stuff kept happening and she wasn't even here. Ooh, what else, what else can I tell you now? The most scariest story that I've had, you will have heard already perhaps in the October special that I did with Lily Rivers and Louise Bloomer, the Wiccan Lady. It was when I was about 14 and I had my foot in the sink with a veruca I could not shift for my life. It was about 8pm and my mum had a house full of people downstairs because she was so social. People really liked her. You know, she was the kind of mum that would make huge dinners, plate them up and send me round to neighbours with them on a Sunday afternoon. She used to do that often, we went through so many plates. (laughs) Anyway, so I had my foot in the sink just singing coming, talking to myself, and I heard this coughing coming from my mum's bedroom and it was so clear, clear as day, and it was like a phlegmy cough, like somebody was trying to get some phlegm up. So I got my foot out of that sink and I ran downstairs, burst into the room and went, Mum, there's somebody coughing in your bedroom, it's horrible, It's I think there's somebody up there, and she said, there's nobody up there. Honestly, there's nobody up there. We've been sat here all night, I was like, well, I can hear somebody, it's there, there's somebody in your room. And then she said, cool as a cucumber, it's just your granddad's, he's been there all night, he wants to know that you know he's there, he's probably missing you or something, you know, something really, aww. (laughs) And I was just flabbergasted, I was just like, you are, You are." And she said, if you're scared, just say to him in your head or out loud that you're scared and you want it to stop. Go back what you were doing, you know, it's grown-up time, we've got the grown-ups here, we're having a laugh, probably talking about things kids should not be hearing i kind of went oh all right then mum okay whatever <laughs> crawled back upstairs put my foot back in the sink and it was silent there were no coughing going on and it slowly came back really quick after less than a minute i reckon and i were just amazed it came back so quick and that i could still hear it and i don't know how i did it i don't know how i did it but i took my foot out of the sink walked along the landing put my mum's bedroom light on straight away looked in my mum's bedroom and the coffin was in the bedroom. And it felt like and it sounded like it were coming from down the side of the bed by the window. So you'd have to go over the bed. You know, the bed was in the middle of the room and the door was on one side and the window was on the other. Somehow I managed to crawl over the bed and look down on the floor to where this coffin was coming from. I was so, so sure that I were going to see some guy laid there, you know, like coffin, Some homeless dude or a robber or... I was so short and there was nothing there, just carpet. And that made me even more scared. And so I stood up and the coughing sound, it got really loud. It was just like, it was like there were a dome over my ear that was playing the coughing noise and it turned up like a volume button really loud in my ears. And I thought in my head, my mum said, please, I'm really scared, Grandad. And the coughing faded away again. Just like a volume dial being turned down. I guess I stood there shaking, shooting myself, and then I guess I went back to the sink. Can't remember what I did afterwards. And I do regret my response to the situation. I really wish I'd done more investigating or more acceptance or perhaps less fear. But I guess I was young, wasn't I? Think I was, I'm sure I was about 13, 14. It would have to mean Anna died because we lived in the house that, that she she lived in. I mean, after that, spirit... The one as scary, that never happened again. I never heard any coughing again. So yeah, that was the story of my mum. She left this earth on the second of June two thousand and five. Died in the house that I grew up in. That she loved. It was her request to die at home. So because of that, I couldn't live there. I rented it out for a while, and I sold it. I always have a bit of a funny relationship with the build up of June. June is of a dodgy month for me it can go one way or the other but then on the 20th of June is her birthday so June is just a really strange month of course there's like the longest day of the year and stuff on the 21st so that helps and I'm usually out camping to avoid my mood going down and me getting sad because I do actually really miss her and now as a adult and a mum I have so many questions I wish I could ask her about giving birth to me and about psychic stuff and ghosty stuff and tarot and oracle and divination in general and how she really got into it and stories and I can never ask her because she's not here and I guess that's one of the reasons I'm making this podcast episode this information is as good as it's going to get for me in regards of knowing my mum but was Alison Swales a witch she was absolutely a witch She never would have called herself a witch i think back then witching was just too stigmatized wasn't it and she didn't do any potiony stuff but she was just so spiritual she used tarot she was oracle she did the bones and the runes she used to do painting with wax to try and see stuff and she dabbled in tea leaf reading and palmistry but i don't really have many memories of that Don't know if she did that as a professional or not. She never got paid for what she did. I don't know why that is. Maybe she didn't think she could or maybe she thought it wasn't right because she was of the generation you can only use tarot cards that get gifted to you. Although she did buy her own, so maybe not. Who knows? She was well loved. And when she died, I was devastated. And I remember the funeral. You know, she'd told me exactly what she wanted because I am so convinced she knew she was going to die young. So I knew what she wanted. She had a brief for me that she'd told me verbally. Where she wanted cremating, what she wanted, who she wanted, flowers, wise. When we got to the crematorium, there were just so many people there. And I thought they were left over from the one before, but it turned out they were all there for my mum. There were so many, they couldn't all get in the room. It was like she was famous. People had no idea who they were. Obviously, there were people who she loved, she worked with, they were her friends, but also there must have been a clients that came for readings year after year. And I was just too young to know about it. I was 19 when she died. I was 19 and I was pissed off and I wasn't very spiritual whatsoever. Felt pretty hard done by, them, honest. Sadly, most of the stuff she owned I gave away. Most of her tarot and her oracles and her divination I gave away and I can't believe I did it. But at the time, I didn't want any of it. I wanted it all out the house. I kept a small box of stuff she loved. This included all the favourite decks, cosmic and mythic and rider waite smith one pack of runestones psi cards which she loved an amazing deck called the gypsy fortune deck which is phenomenally good and i only do it twice a year because it is that good they're square cards that you turn around and they make pictures and the way the picture is directed on an arrow so each card has four different meanings but it also has meanings as to where it is on the spread so they're really in-depth they are so good. I think you can still buy them. I think they're still being made. The Gypsy Fortune Telling Deck, I think it's called. A square card that's got four pictures around it. You know, like across diagonally down the middle, and four halves of a picture. And then you turn them, and it makes a picture. My mums are from the '80s. In fact, most of the cards are probably '80s, early '90s. Probably worth a bit of money. I'd never sell them ever. And I think that's why I became quite good at buying and selling decks because in lockdown, I opened a Depop shop called Clothes and Curios. Basically, it was just stuff I liked that I wished I could keep and I had no room for. And a lot of that were decks. I used to buy and sell decks that reminded me of my youth, that my mum used to love, that I grew up with, that were like my siblings. Tarot decks, I consider, were like my siblings because they were just so commonplace in our house. People were at home, bored spending money on the internet, and I were finding these vintage decks. Throughout my whole 20s, I wasn't spiritual at all. I went to Vegas and I got drunk, gambled lots of money away, gambled lots of inheritance, had a great time with my husband. We got married in Vegas. And only when I had Florence when I was 30, in 2015 did it come back to me. For 10 years I'd just been mad at the world and sad at myself and not very spiritual and kind of disrespectful if I'm honest about it. I would a goth and that was, that was at the time what I associated with and I'd watch the craft and practical magic and love them and never make that connection that I might be witchy, which astonishes me in itself. Like, why did I not make that connection? I were too busy partying with the goths, with the white faces and the fangs, being pale and interesting and a bit weird and very sad and very depressed. It want the time, basically. The universe said it want the time. I wasn't in the correct mindset to be connected to spirit and the universe and witchcraft. And only after I had my first baby did it start just pouring in and as soon as I allowed it to pour in and I looked deeper, I started to heal. And now I'm about eight years into it and I'm just feeling so great. So I've done a whole 360 really from being with my mum, losing her, not being connected spiritually, having babies and becoming like my mum. I'll never be as good as her and I all it up on a really high pedestal because she was phenomenal at readings and And spiritual stuffs. She could just meet somebody just reel loads of stuff off about them that spirit gave her and they'd be just gobsmacked and she met him on a bus. It was like that, do you know what I mean? She was always doing it and it was just so normal to me. One day I'd like to be like that. I'd like to be similar to how she was. Oh, my lovely mum, Alison Swales, which is the reason I love my last name because Swales is my mum's maiden name and she used to get called Swales when she was a kid, too. <laughs> I hope I'm like you one day, mum. Thank you for listening to this very personal podcast episode, first of 2024. I hope it's been all right. I didn't really mean for it to be that personal, but I guess when you start recalling memories from your childhood, you know, it all just pours out and it some stuff i felt i had to keep in even though it's traumatic it added to the weight of my experience of growing up with a spiritual mum and the paranormal don't forget to check out my brand new patreon subscription have a gander, see what you think the next episode is with sarah parker from the forgotten forest it is a brilliant episode she talks about her new adventures in her own little personal forest being witching offering circles woman circles and stuff I am Swales, the Friendly Green Witch. You have been listening to The Bell Witch Podcast. Witching in the 21st Century. Made on Wavepad Master. Distributed by Sencaster. Music by Jeff Harvey. If you've got a topic you'd like me to cover, then please email me at thebellwitchpodcast at yahoo.com. Right, that's your lot from me. I'm signing off. You go ahead and have a fantastic day. Stay magical, witches.